Hello, I'm Brooke Johnson. Welcome to my father's podcast. For this week's message, or any of the messages in our archive, subscribe for free on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Bethel Christian Fellowship is a church that relies on the support of its community. We consider you a part of that community, and we would love for you to participate in our financial life. You can do that at our website at drcraigjohnson.org. Whether you're new to this space or a regular pod listener, we're glad you're here. We believe that this message will bring you hope, encouragement, and guidance. God bless you. Good morning, church. Let's put our hands together and greet our streaming family. Good morning. Happy New Year. Almost, almost, he says. Oh, I hope you're going to bring the new year in tonight with some loved ones. And what, a, what a holy moment it is for me every time I have the privilege to sit in this chair and behind this pulpit. I'm so honored. The presence of the Lord is here right now. Let me just uh, honor his presence. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, aren't you happy you've made it this far? Oh, beloved, he has everything firmly in hand for your life. Don't worry about a thing. Just listen today. Just listen. Let this message wash over you. It's going to be a wonderful year. We're in a series called Sudden Hope, and tonight, to this morning, we're going to be in the topic of suddenly brambles and incense, a word for the new year. You know, I always love to give one or maybe a few words for the new year. But this year is going to be an extraordinary year of clear contrast. Don't we need contrast right now to be able to see right or wrong and to be able to see crooked and straight and be able to know up from down? Well, the Lord's going to give us a magnificent year of contrast. And that's the best way we learn, isn't it? It sure is for me. What a pleasure he's beginning this year with his presence. Can we just close our eyes just right now? Father, we thank you. Precious Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Come, Holy Spirit. Have your way, O God. Let this be a year of habitation, not visitation, habitation, Lord. Bring fulfillment to your precious children this year. We thank you in advance for the beautiful fragrance of the incense of fulfillment this year that we're going to take into our lungs, Lord. We're going to smell the sweet fulfillment incense of heaven over our lives, over our world, God. We are going to smell the fragrance of the incense of fulfillment, Lord. Bring your fire, O God, and kindle the incense of fulfillment, Lord. Let your children smell joy, the fragrance and the incense of joy that is, that's associated with fulfillment, O oh God. Thank you, Lord. The fragrance of life, new hope. Thank you. You are a faithful God. Thank you, Jesus. Can you say amen? amen? Oh, what a way to start. Just to, just to, we just have to saturate in his presence this morning. Mm. So I'll go slow today. So we want to, we want to, we're going to need our noses this year spiritually. Do you know Isaiah chapter 11 says the Messiah would be quick scented when it came to discerning righteousness. Did you know the Lord is tuning up our smelling capacities this year? You know when you go by Ruth Chris. 
Come on, you know when you go by the steakhouse, everybody go, that's how blatant and obvious. And you know also when you go by the the mud pit, and you drive down Ventura and you get a little passage down here and you smell that manure, comes right into the car. You are very sensitive when it comes to your sense of smell. Well, this year we're going to be using it because we're going to be smelling subtle distinctions this year of contrast between incense and the burning of brambles. And it's going to take a discerning nose this year to be able to go, that's the incense and fragrance of the Lord. That's the burning of brambles. The Lord is going to burn brambles this year. Praise his holy name. Let me get to this thing or it's just going to jump up and preach itself. All right. Now, remember, we've been, we've been in this, um, we've mentioned Gideon the last few weeks a lot. Been in the book of Judges. Well, we're going to be in the book of Judges again. If you remember the story of Gideon, the Midianites had an army of 135,000 people and they had been removing the fruitfulness for seven years. They were bringing barrenness to the people of God. And God raised up Gideon. Remember, his name meant to cut down. And he was an unlikely hero. He was hiding in a wine press. And God said, Hail, thou mighty man of valor. Gideon goes, Who are you talking about? And God says, I'm going to use you. And we know the story. 135,000 of the Midianites came against 32,000 of the children of Israel. But then God said, You have too many. If you win the battle now, you're going to say, We did it. So God says, anyone that's afraid, let them go. And 10,000 walked away. And Gideon goes, oh, no. We were hopeless at 32,000. Now we've lost 10,000. And then God said, your congregation is yet too big. And finally, God weans them down to 300 warriors against 135,000 of the Midianites. But bless the name of the Lord. God is a God who is sovereign and all-powerful and can win by many or by few. And he chose few with Gideon to demonstrate to all of us that even when the odds are 451 to 1, we're still going to win. But in the story of Gideon, we see that he's a mighty hero and uh, they win the day. 300 kick the butt of 135,000 and there's a great victory. But at the end of the victory, there's something very interesting we're going to lead with today. We run into the raven and the wolf, Oreb and Zeb. God seeks to root out and utterly destroy the spiritual principalities and powers that were behind the Midianite attacks. Did you know behind the Midianites who were bringing the barrenness, there were leaders, spiritual leaders, and I mentioned this a few weeks ago, and their names were Oreb and Zeb. Oreb means the raven, Zeb means the wolf. In this case, the meaning of the raven and the wolf are negative meanings. And the Bible says that they caught Oreb and Zeb, these leaders, and they took them and they decapitated them. Because this was the symbol of showing a complete and utter victory over your enemy. Did you know this year, beloved, is going to be a year of stark contrasts? You can put the straight pool cue up against the wall and the crooked pool cue up against the wall and you'll see it every time. A five-year-old will see it every time. There's no subtlety. I don't really know crooked. Define crooked. You know when you see the crooked pool cue and the straight pool cue, which is which. It was Plato, the philosopher, that originally said, where'd you get this idea of straight and crooked? Were you taught that? Hmm? Who taught you that's crooked and that's straight? You have an innate sense of understanding. Contrast, stark contrast. And the Lord's best way of teaching us is stark contrast. This is right. This is wrong. Well, we live in a, a world right now where there seems to, everything is mixed and everything seems to be gray and everything seems to be mixture. God says, in that case, I have to bring strict, straight contrast. And boy, is he good at that. So God says, 
the Midianites were just the tools of the leaders that were using them as marionettes. Oreb and Zeb. The Lord went behind the scenes and he grabbed the two principalities and powers, Oreb and Zeb, cut their heads off, and they ran across Jordan with these heads, handed them to Gideon. It was the symbol of a blatant, clear... Now, when you put a head on a pole, that issue is settled. And if you doubt it and you have a, a fear in the night, you just go and look at the head on the pole and go, there's Oreb, there's Zeb. That's how clearly God is going to demonstrate victory to his people this year and to the whole world. The straight pool cue, crooked pool cue is going to be so clear that the greatest unbeliever in our culture is going to look up and go, that's crooked. That's straight. What's wrong with you people? Oreb and Zeb were the first, but there were two other guys, Zeba and Zalmuna. We didn't mention them. You say, oh, of course, of course, yes, of course. Yes, yes, Zeba and Zalmuna, uh, of course. And I love their names. Zeba means sacrifice, and Zalmuna means protection withheld. I love how sometimes names have such great significance. God says, I am going to round up Oreb and Zeb and Zeba and Zalmuna. Zeba the sacrifice, Zalmunna, his protection has departed from him. All the enemies that have been behind the scenes, that have been running all the Midianite hordes, and remember the Bible says there were so many of them that it was like the sand of the sea. Their camels alone were like the sand of the sea. Well, guess what? As big and as bad as the enemies and the multi-generational principalities against your family have been, God is going to cut them down and put their heads on poles so that you have a clear inner sense, I think it's done. I think the Lord has said, done. I think the Lord has put, and where the Lord puts an exclamation point, let no man put a question mark. Boom. But we need contrasts like this. Or we're not sure it's still over. We're not, we're, we're, we still fall into, well, I don't know. I'm still afraid. Fear goes very slowly. Oreb and Zeb and Zeba and Zalmuna, they are going to be clearly hung up so that you know it's over. What's very interesting is you'd, you'd hope that Gideon would finish well. He's been God's man. He's cut the enemy down. He's got the four maiden principalities. He's dethroned uh, all the wicked powers. Oh, good. But you know what the Bible says? The last line after Zeben Zelmuna, it says, and then he collected all the strange little um, things that were on the horses of these wicked leaders. What were they? Just little fetishes, just little gold and silver. And it says Gideon made an ephod. What? What's that? What's an ephod? Huh? Gideon made some strange, weird, collectible ornamentations that he thought were cool that belonged to these fallen leaders. And he put them together in such a way and like highlighted them in his tent and it became a snare to the children of Israel that were used to following after idols and something that didn't bother Gideon snagged everybody else. Oh, loved one, finish well, please. It's like Billy Graham. I was praying, please, Lord, on his deathbed, just let him go home a prophet with honor. Don't let anything happen. Don't let anyone in his room, you know. <laughs> And he finished well, thank God. Gideon, beloved, there are things that may not snag you, but they will snag others. Finish well. I don't see what's wrong with that. Well, it may be fine for you, but sometimes your liberty can snare somebody else. That's a whole other sermon. Well, aren't they mature enough? They may not be. Gideon makes this weird ephod, whatever the heck it was, and whatever it was, it snagged the last bit of flesh still left in them. And whether we like it or not, Gideon didn't finish well. And so everybody goes back to idolatry. What a way to get you. You're just leaving for heaven. And people, the last thing you hear is, oh, by the way, daddy, everybody's worshiping devils again. Huh? Never mind, dad. Just go home. Please, God, don't let that be my legacy. Finish well. You got the point. All right, good. We'll move on. Almost went into Jack Hayford there. 
Hold on, let me get my broken glasses here. Oh my. Mm. So, here's, here's the story. Gideon passes, and he didn't finish well. He marries all these women. He winds up having 70 children. And then he has one illegitimate son by his concubine. And so it's like, Gideon, honey, could you just like have had a victory and then gone home to be with the Lord? Because the risk of living even two more years after your victory is that you might build an ephod and marry all kinds of women. You know, it's just like, okay. So he has 70 legitimate children and one illegitimate child. And let me, let me tell you our story today. We're going to be talking about the spirit of Abimelech. Abimelech was his oldest son. His name means my father is king. You know, the people originally came to Gideon at the end and said, would you be king? And Gideon says, no, I won't be king, nor will my sons be king. Because, you know, we're not here to reign. We're like, we're, we're lovers of God. Love nurtures. Love tends to. Love builds up. Love doesn't reign. Love doesn't manipulate and rule. And so Gideon says, no, no, we're not kings. We're here to serve, nor will my sons be kings. Gideon dies, and his oldest son, Abimelech, stands up and says, you know what? On that king deal, not only will I be king, but if you don't let me be king, I'm going to wipe you out. We're going to look at the spirit of Abimelech today because this is the spirit God is it's the bramble king Abimelech this is what God's going to start burning this year brambles what are brambles they're things without a center unrooted no foundation ever seen those little weeds blow through your yard I came out, saw a tumbleweed. It was about as big as my car the other day. Rootless, centerless, no shade. It can offer no protection. It has no essence. It has no value, except it has the gift of spontaneous combustion. It's born to burn. That's what brambles are for. They're, they're, they're born to burn. You, do you see that thing go by from the cursed earth? No root. It just goes everywhere because it's rootless. And so God says, I want to teach you about a, 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 by the way, if I asked you who the first king of Israel is, you'd be wrong because you would say, yeah, no, Abimelech is the first self-appointed king of Israel, Abimelech. Only Jehovah had been called king before now, but Abimelech, the oldest son of Gideon, is going to stand up and be a new model of leadership for the world. Serve me or die. I will be your king or I will combustively kill you all. Hmm. No reason. No logic. No center. No root. No value. Just my way or you die disagree with me and die we've never heard that in our culture have we let's talk about a bramble king so gideon dies the oldest son of bimelech says i'm going to be king and what he does the first thing he does is that he goes to shechem and he says look it's better to have me reign over you than 70 of my brothers. So he goes to a sac the sacred stone in Shechem and he kills all 70 of his brothers. He decapitates all of his brothers. All the legitimate children, the legitimate leadership. It's like a cult leader killing all the Orthodox Christian pastors in the country so that we can all join his weird little cult that he is the head of. And he systematically butchers all 70 of his brothers, except one. One escapes named Jotham, whose name means Yahweh is perfect. Did you know, beloved, 
no matter how many legitimate leaders are killed by an illegitimate leader, God always wins. He always wins. It doesn't matter that Pharaoh tried to kill Moses. Moses was safe. He was safe. And Jotham survives safely. Praise God. And I'm talking to all my remnant Jothams. Your time is coming. Your time is coming. And by the, the, by the way, we're going to quote extensively in just a moment from Judges chapter 9, and it's called Jotham's parable. The first parable in the Bible comes from this young man, Jotham, who escapes the decapitation of all of his brothers. And here's Abimelech now. Oh, what kind of a leader is he going to be? He's called the Bramble King. Let's read our text. When Jotham was told about this, he climbed up on the top of Mount Gerizim and shouted to them, Listen to me, citizens of Shechem, so that God may listen to you. One day the trees went out to anoint a king for themselves. They said to the olive tree, Be our king. But the olive tree answered, Should I leave my oil by which both gods and humans are honored to hold sway over the trees? Next the trees said to the fig tree, Come and be our king. But the fig tree replied, Should I give up my fruit so good and sweet to hold sway over the trees? Then the trees said to the vine, Come and be our king. But the vine answered, Should I give up my wine, which cheers both gods and humans to hold sway over the trees? Finally, all the trees said to the thorn bush, Uh-oh. The thorn bush, the bramble bush, the centerless, foundationalist, has no shade, no substance, no content, made only for burning. Come and be our king, Thornbush. And the Thornbush said to the trees, If you really want to anoint me king over you, come and take refuge in my shade. Huh? So the stately cedars of Lebanon and all of the fig trees and all of the olive trees are going to come down and cower and submit to this worthless bush? Mm. If you really want to anoint me king over you, come and take refuge in my shade. But if not, then let fire come out of the thorn bush and consume the cedars of Lebanon. Jotham is a prophet. And, and he hears that his oldest brother has killed all of his brothers. He's escaped. So he is going to prophesy. So he goes to Mount Gerizim. Now, there's two mountains. There's Mount Ebal, which was the mountain on which the curses of the law were quoted, and then the people had to repeat them so to prove they knew them. And Mount Gerizim is where all the, the blessings were declared, and all the people had to declare the blessings of the law when they were repeated. He goes to Mount Gerizim, which is supposed to be the mountain on which, from which you bless people, but he curses Abimelech from the blessing mountain. Prophets, let me tell you, Get your nose ready. you got to smell things correctly this year and interpret things correctly this year. Prophets, show up at the right time with the right word on the right mountain. You need to be sensitive to God because nuance matters. Jotham, not only was he a hidden remnant man, he was an anointed prophet, but he knew when to appear like incense and when to disappear. you got to know when to show up when to leave. And Jotham goes to Mount Gerizim. He goes, do I have the right mountain? Isn't this where we declare blessings? God said, not today. You're going to curse Abimelech. Why? He's a bramble. And so this idiot comes down. This is, look at the olive tree. Oh, olive tree. Why don't you remove your roots of a thousand years and come and cower down beneath my worthless shrubness and let me rule over you? Beloved, listen to me. There are planted plants and there are potted plants. Do not let any persecution or seduction get you to uproot your roots from God's ground this year. I don't care how hot the battle is. I don't care how seductive the opportunity is. When an idiot comes along that has no root and no center at all and says, why don't you remove your roots? Quit being planted. You're so limited when you're planted in one location. Why don't you pull your roots up and we'll put you in a nice fancy gold pot so we can go around and do ministry together. Do not 
remove your God-planted roots, no matter how hot the battle is or how seductive the moment gets. Stay planted where God has put you. And everybody said, I think we got that sermon point. Okay. So look at this. Abimelech seeks to dominate or destroy. These are his options. I will dominate you or I will destroy you. Thanks, Abimelech. Could we dialogue a little bit? No. Scorched earth policy. He kills all 70 of his brothers. Anybody have any questions? Well, we'd like to reason and debate a little bit. No. You can't reason with brambles. Brambles are not logical. They don't think rationally. You can't have a dialogue with them. They can, you either allow them to reign or die. Heads I win, tails you lose. That's a case of Abimelech. It's a spirit. And God says it's a spirit in the culture, but guess what? It's a bramble, and it's born for spontaneous combustion. This year, beloved, God's fire knows the difference between gold and silver and brambles and incense. God's fire knows the difference. Remember the apostle Paul said, we are a fragrance of blessing unto the Lord. Yet to those who do not believe, we are the stench of death. Can't always trust your nose. Paul said the unbelievers of the world who don't get God and they don't get us, they smell the fragrance of our lives and they smell a pile of poop. They smell dead corpses. Ew, and they turn their nose up. But our sacrifices to the Lord are a fragrance, well-pleasing in his nostrils. Isn't it funny? Something that you find a delicious fragrance somebody else is repelled by? It's a year of contrasts. Get used to it. This year, God's fire is going to release the incense of our praise and of our lives of service. And it's going to be such a glorious fragrance of incense, of revival, of visitation, of habitation. It's going to be wonderful. And we're going to be like going, oh, I love it. Oh, my God, this is amazing. And the world's going to be going, ew, kill them. Ew. The Abimelech spirit hates our fragrance as we hate their fragrance. Say, Craig, why does it have to be such a violent word? Because this year is a year of contrasts, beloved. Come on, don't you want to see God prevail? See, look at the nature of the bramble. The bramble doesn't deliberate. It just accepts dominion immediately over others. Did you know love does not dominate? Love doesn't reign over anyone. Love seeks to serve. Love is patient and kind. It is not envious. It's not proud. Gentle and meek seeks not its own way. Love sings when good prevails, believes and endures all things, hopes and bears every wrong, and love never fails to love. Wherein there is domination, dictatorial control, love me or I'll kill you. Those lovely toxic relationships you're all familiar with. Love me or die. What's wrong with that? I don't need counseling. Okay. The bramble doesn't deliberate. He accepts dominion over others immediately. Let's look at some of the traits of our lovely bramble. Mm. He has no planted fruitfulness to leave because brambles have no root. So they just sort of roll around with the wind, right? I'm not kidding. I got up in the morning and there was the, the tumbleweed was the size of my garage door. It was like a cartoon image. It was like the stone at the, at, the, at the tomb, the empty tomb. It's like I came out in this thing. I went, ooh, you know. And where's it going to go? I mean, I, I sort of went over to it and just sort of bid it away from my house. And the wind took it, you know, like three inches away. And it just sort of stood there by my house. And I tried to get out in the car. And, I'm th and the Lord goes, Craig, I'm trying to give you a sermon. Keep looking, buddy. The bramble demands everything and gives nothing, just like the enemy of your soul. He casts no shadow, has no substance, and he's absolutely absurd in his conditions and demands, serve me or die. He, he treats everyone as a means to an end, not as an end in and of themselves. It's all I it, I it, I it. I use you, you do what I say, or you're going to die. And you just go, well, this sort of like reminds me of Hitler. Well, it reminds me of a lot of pastors I know Ooh, pastor bramble 
Dr. Bramble to you? Have you ever met rootless, rootless leaders? Beloved, the greatest blessing to the earth is legitimate spiritual leadership. The greatest curse to the earth is illegitimate, self-appointed leadership. And God says, trust me, I know the difference. Let my fire search out the brambles. You don't have to. Quit judging people and quit thinking that you're in charge. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay, and it's his fire, and he knows what he's doing, and watch out. Just make sure that you're incense and not a bramble because we want to smell something sweet when that fire hits you. Amen. I didn't look at anyone in the room, and I won't. I'm just going to look straight down at my notes. Can you smell the brambles burning? Look at the 15 facts of our time. Brambles of selfish ambition are fit only for burning. God's fire is seeking out and consuming all selfish ambition, which would seek to dominate others. Contrast. A year of absolute blatant contrast. Hmm? The least qualified are always the most selfishly ambitious. Have you noticed that? The least qualified think they're the most qualified. You know, I, I call it sometimes battlefield promotion. You know, in Vietnam, sometimes when everybody would be killed, they would stick a private in charge of something and promote him, called a battlefield promotion. And for that moment, he was given uh, something that was above his rank and his gift and his talent. But as soon as that mission was over, you would lose the battlefield promotion. Well, Brambles often are all God has, so he'll give him a battlefield promotion and be Pastor Bramble for a bit but when God's finished with that then the bramble is real for what it is the battlefield promotion is lifted amen so you're going to see a lot of battlefield promotions lifted off of men women boys and girls people places and things and you're gonna go I thought they were incense but as soon as the fire hit there was a subtlety yeah we have to be subtle this year in our smelling amen I always knew she was a bramble. Don't start that. Don't start that because God is doing control burns in all of our lives. Did you know some of us have brambles in certain areas of our theology and we all need a controlled burn? Theirs may be a total consumption of brambleness. Yours is a controlled burn. <laughs> and see, it's dangerous to try to burn brambles in your yard because you can do a lot of damage if you just try to start a fire. So God is the only one that is doing controlled burns this year. Amen. We all have a few brambles that need to be burnt out. So Lord, come and let your fire do your work. Amen. Purify the gold and silver. Burn up the wood, hay, and stubble in your life. Amen. I won't submit to that right now. Just kidding. Beloved, look at the under-equipped always seek to rule over those who should be ruling them. This isn't a time to be selfishly ambitious, loved one. This isn't a time to rise up in a lack of character and try to be a king or a queen over something we're not anointed to be over. Beloved, contrast this year. God is destroying the spirit of Abimelech. Now, you know when you see the spirit of Abimelech, oh, the spirit of Abimelech's all over them. All that movement is just the spirit of Abimelech. Watch out, beloved. Wherever the brambles are, the fire will find them. Wherever the brambles are, the fire will be. God knows what he's doing, and he won't make mistakes. He will not allow what is good in you to be consumed. Wood hand stubble will be consumed this year, but gold and silver is never in danger. It can only be purified by the fire. Contrast. A year of stark contrast, but thank God this spirit of Abimelech. You go, Craig, I haven't known what to call it. Oh, you mean the call it, disagree with me and die? Those are the options. Heads I win, tails you lose. That's it. Something about that grates you. It's a bramble talking. It's an Abimelech talking. And Jotham gets up and says, you know, I think maybe the olive oil tree would have been a little bit more qualified to lead because of its roots and its center and its vows. Maybe the fig tree, definitely the vine. But I don't think we're going to submit to the rootless, ugly bramble. 
rolling down on the floor. Worship me. Is the bramble talking? Did somebody say something? That's it. A new ventriloquial act in Vegas can be a bramble talking. Hey, the bramble. How you doing, bramble? Well, I'm just rolling around. That thing is no threat to anyone, beloved. The enemy's taunts at you. It's been a bramble yelling at you. It's a rootless nothing that has been trying to get you to listen to negativity about you. The enemy's attacks are all brambles talking with a cigar in their mouth. Let me tell you what I'm going to do. Do it my way or I'll kill you. And you look down and you go, what? It's a bramble. You're not intimidated by a bramble, are you? That's the spirit of Abimelech. Now, granted, this guy did a scorched earth policy. He not only kills 70 of his brothers, but he goes to Shek he goes to one town and they all lock themselves up in a tower and he burns and kills a thousand people, burns them to death. Then the next day, the common people come out just as farmers to tend the land. And he goes and he kills all of them, scorched earth policy, and he salts over the land. The spirit of Abimelech is a loud, arrogant buffoon that the Lord is going to deal with this year. So you don't have to. You just obey the Lord, sweetheart. You just be the sweet-smelling incense that you are. Mm-hmm. And just let his fire hit you. And we're all going to smell something delightful through that fire. Mm, 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 mm. Listen to this. Never agree to be crowned king or queen of a lesser kingdom. Mm. Mm. God has you rooted and planted in the right ground. You are not a potted plant. You are a planted plant. Do not leave your planted place and your roots because the battle gets hot or someone seduces you. Have you ever noticed that the enemy will either try to seduce you or he will threaten you? Those are the only two tools he has. Hmm? And if he's going to seduce you, he doesn't send an ugly person. He doesn't send a 600-pound acne-ridden person that hasn't bathed in three years. Okay? There's no risk. That could threaten your life. Yeah, absolutely. But it's no seduction. Hello, Pastor Craig. No, thank you. He's going to try to seduce or threaten you. The only tools he has. And if you wait long enough with seduction, you realize that's not really a pretty, beautiful, attractive person. Mm -mm. Smoke and mirrors. But he will try to seduce you. And if that doesn't work, he'll threaten your life. Listen to what the poet said about the, our text today. This is, this is the olive tree talking. He's talking to the bramble. Must I tear up my roots from the kindly soil where I have had my home for a thousand years and cease to receive the secret but willing ministries of the earth and close up the channels along which they have come? Must I shake the hard grain of my body by locomotion and have my leaves withered in a triumphal progress and see my berries grow scant and shriveled and produce no more oil for God or man and all that this that I may be king? Wise olive tree, keep thy roots where they have struck and spread. Build up in concentric rings as the years come and go. The hard pile of the serviceable wood. Store the secret fragrance. Distill the precious oil for many uses. Give men the annual harvest and God the continual glory of thy growing. Stay with God. Stay planted, O planted plants. Don't let seduction or threats of persecution cause you for a moment to withdraw from your place of rest. It's only a bramble talking to you, trying to seduce you. The enemy is only lying. He will promise you everything and give you nothing. He will take everything and leave you with nothing. Don't be seduced or manipulated or controlled the spirit of Abimelech now I want you to notice something here and by the way please please go to the notes and take them home and take them out and study them all right 
Sandra and I don't want to spend time doing this kind of glorious stuff if you just like put them on the bottom of the birdcage. Everything and more I could have said or should have said or would have said is right here written down for you. And beloved, you've got to get this for the new year. This contrast of incense and bramble is going to help you this year. Not only, though, does God deal with Abimelech. So you say, well, I need to, I need to tar paper Abimelech's ministry. I need to send some Facebook quotes out. I need to give a piece of my mind. Beloved, you can't afford losing any more pieces of your mind. Keep them. God will take care of Abimelech. God knows with his fire how to handle the bramble. And not only is God going to take Abimelech down, but he does it with poetic and ironic justice. Abimelech has, has, seems to have all victories and no defeats, so he's straight ahead with this scorched earth policy. So he's going to go now and double torch the next city called Thebes. He should have known that that was a bad name. Thebes. Had a bad feeling when I heard the word Thebes. He should have. He didn't. He goes in his arrogance and he's going to scorch earth another city and he's going to burn everyone alive in the tower. But you know what the Bible says? Mm, 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 mm. God plans Abimelech's end, but he says it's going to be done ironically. Do you remember a few weeks ago we talked about Sisera? Do you remember Sisera, who was the Canaanite captain who went in to the camp and he was God's enemy and he went into Jael's tent. Jael said, come in, come in. And she gave him curds to drink and he laid down to go to sleep and she took a tent peg and nailed it right through his head. And that was the simple image again of Oreb and Zeb and Sisera crushing the head of the enemy. A complete conquest over the principality and power that is the true power behind the scenes. God is a God who crushes the head of the enemy. Paul the Apostle said, Satan's head will be crushed under your feet shortly. So God has a thing about this. Crushing the head thing of the enemy. Because to kill a snake, you crush its head. You cut the head off a snake. You don't try to pet it and take it home and domesticate it. God says, now, it's time for Abimelech to go, but I want to do it in such a way that it will be completely memorable and utterly humiliating to him. God says, I want this guy to be dealt with, but I want his head crushed so thoroughly that 3,000 years into the future, they're still going to be talking about how embarrassing his death was. So, God says, in the city of Thebes, there happens to be a grinding mill on the top of the wall of Thebes. And this is where the women go to grind the grain. And in the grinding mill, there is the top stone, which represents the male, and the bottom stone that represents the female principle. And in the grinding principle, this was a symbol of sexual intercourse. This was a symbol of intimacy. So on the threshing floor, which was the grinding floor, was the trysting place where lovers used to meet. It, a lot of significance and symbolism here. You go get my series called The Threshing Floor. We'll go into detail about this, about Ruth and Boaz on the threshing floor. Ever wonder what was going on there? Well, uh, I've got a series on everything. Look it up. And it's all free. So isn't it wonderful what an idea it would be to support us because we feed you and you can feed us? Isn't that fantastic? 4,000 messages Mike has managed there. They're all free. They're just for you. Go to the threshing floor. So God says, okay. This spirit of Abimelech is a violating spirit. It violates what is holy. It violates what is sacred. It threatens my holy work. And now he's going to go with his uh, breachers and he's going to try to violate another city and destroy it. So I'm going to have a little girl who's grinding up here take the top of the millstone that represents the male principle 
And God's going to say, oh, you're trying to violate my work and you're trying to violate my, uh, my, uh, the walls of the city right now. He reverses the imagery of rape and he has this little girl throw that particular stone down and crush his head right there. And Abimelech goes, oh, he goes to his, his body serpent. He goes, oh, man, I can't bear to die knowing a woman killed me. Here, draw your sword and finish me off right here now so they will not be able to say a woman killed Abimelech with the upper stone of the grinding mill. This is much too expansive a sermon for Craig Johnson. Just run me through. And he is run through, but for the rest of time in the history of God, even back when King David is dealing with the issues of Bathsheba and her husband, David says, don't go too near the walls there. You remember what happened to Abimelech when that woman pushed that stone and violated the violator. God loves irony. And he loves not only to bring the crushing of the head of the enemy, but to do it in such a way that it's a reverse image of rape, just like Sisera's treatment in that tent. That harmless little girl, JL, just went, oh, you're violating God's people? How about a ironic end? And she drives that stake right through his head. Isn't God good? Well, I know Rebecca will like this. Michael's caretaker, Rebecca Holsneck, she says, my God, is that Old Testament God? That's what she said. She said, Craig, you're too in the New Testament. Give me some more of those Old Testament stories. She loves to hear me. I'll tell her this one. She goes, get them, God, because there is a sense of justice. I was thinking of calling the sermon Jehovah Wick 2024. Because that's the theme of the year. Come up and Orib and Zeb got it. Zalmuna. You know, you gotta really notice your name if it means protection removed. <laughs> you don't need your palm red or anything. It's like, you know what I mean, walk carefully. So in conclusion, God knows how to bring come up and beloved that will be remembered forever. Boy, the Bramble King's reign begins with pride and gained at the stone where he slaughtered his brothers and he reigns and then in the end a millstone crushes that pride out completely. Beloved, Thebes is a place of poetic justice. God will deal with your enemy Brambles in your life. Leave them alone. They can't hurt you. They can threaten you. They can yell at you all day and talk all the time, but it's just, it's a bramble without a center, without a foundation, without any power, without any substance. Can't even cast a shadow. It's even trying to threaten the olive tree and the fig tree and the vine. Look at the braggadocia. The devil, just the sheer gall, the sheer bull. Now, he is bold. He's a nobody, and he's, his head is crushed at the cross, and he has no authority over you. But by God, he talks a good talk. He does. And he will stand that, that, that bramble will talk to you in the middle of the night and try to get you to kill yourself. He can't kill you. He can't do anything to you. If he could, you'd be lips and tennis shoes. But you'd be destroyed. But he whispers to you. It's that voice that sounds all powerful. Look, turn the light on. It's a bramble talking. Bow down before me. I am the ruling shrub. Contrast this year, 2020. This is a year of contrast. And wherever the spirit of Abimelech is, heads I win, tails you lose, it's going to be burned up by God this year. And all you have to do is sit back, eat the popcorn, and, and enjoy the show. And you just be the incense that you are because the fire is going to release the best in you that we're going to enjoy the fragrance of. And all the brambles are going to be burning. I don't know about you, but I love the smell. It's my favorite smell. When those fires hit the area, I know it's a fire is a terrible plague and a scourge, but I just love that fragrance. My favorite fragrance in conclusion to, is found in Cairo, Egypt. The whole city is ablaze with the smell of fire and nuts in the streets. And it's just, just such a fragrance about Cairo. I can't even tell you. I'm, I'm hanging out. I'm near the Nile. I'm looking at the pyramids. At night, and I'm smelling the fragrance of Cairo. I'm just thinking, oh my God.
heaven on earth. The Messiah was quick-scented. He could smell. Your sense of smell is so distinct that you can discern things in a minute way. You know that. That's stinky. That's a baby. That's a diaper. That's Ruth Chris. <laughs> Check your nose when you leave here today and go out. You're very discerning. Well, God's going to make you spiritually that sensitive. Father, we thank you for a year of contrasts. We thank you, God, for a year of incense and brambles. We just know that you're going to give us the sensitivity to be able to smell incense, just holy fragrances that honor you, and also will be very aware at the subtle distinction between brambles burning. We thank you, Lord, that you need to teach us through contrast. So, Lord, have your way this year, God. And we thank you for dethroning the spirit of Abimelech. That's what it is. That's what it's called. And that's what this meaningless shrub is that is going to begin to be burnt this year. And, and all the accompanying shrubs that followed Abimelech. He paid 70 pieces of silver to, to, to hire worse, worthless men as assassins to follow him around. We thank you, Lord, that all self-appointed illegitimate leadership is destined to burn. Have your way, O God. And we do thank you by faith for the leadership that you've placed in our lives, in our homes, and the ministry, in the body of Christ, of legitimate, God-appointed leaders. Lord, we honor the leaders in our lives. We celebrate them, Lord. We, we, we serve them. And we honor you, God, for bringing to us men, women, boys, and girls who are true and faithful leaders in the world, in the body of Christ, God. But we thank you. You will deal with the brambles and their arrogance and their shouting and their pride. And we thank you in advance for a brand new year where we celebrate your victories, almighty God, in Jesus' name. Put your hands together for a moment there. Give the Lord some praise. Come on. Incense, brambles, you're going to know which one you're smelling. I know you will. Bless the Lord. Isn't it wonderful that he always gives us news before it happens? He always gives us enough of a view over the mountain so that we won't be shocked and we won't be surprised and we won't be discombobulated by anything. You should be grounded and well-rooted when everybody else goes, Oh my God, well, the sky is falling. The sky is not falling. All is well. And we will be windows to men, women, boys, and girls of stability this year and solidness this year because we have roots. We are planted plants for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. God bless you all. We love you. We're going to bring David up to lead us to the table of the Lord as we prepare for our new year. Oh, beloved, be encouraged this year. Get the sermon notes. There's more there than I spoke. All for you. We love you. We're here to serve you, not reign over you. And David always loves to lead us. It's good to have him home. It's good to have him back. Lead us, brother. Peace be to you in the name of Jesus. Boy, what a great way to end the year and to begin to start this new year with just going to the table of the Lord. It's really cool. You know, God has prepared a way. You know, oftentimes when the new year comes up, we think of all the different ways we can prepare. And um, there's a great, there's a messianic psalm it's um, Psalm 129, verse 3. It's very, very interesting. What it does is it prophesies what the Messiah would say. And it says in this verse that the plowers plowed my back. They made their furrows long. Very interesting. You know, I come from uh, Illinois, from a farming community. And the fact that God uses this agricultural kind of image is very interesting. But I found it very compelling and encouraging see a lot of my friends worked in the fields and the hardest thing to do to get a harvest is to plow the fields so what god's telling you what jesus is saying is he allowed his back to be plowed he allowed the scourging to happen 
so that you can just easily plant seeds of faith for your healing. And that's what this bread represents. So I encourage you today, just say yes, Lord. Because when you say yes, Lord, you're putting yourself in agreement with what he has done. So let's break the bread and let's thank him for his sacrifice. The same is true with the cup. Jesus allowed himself to be pierced. And he shed his blood for you. The scripture says there is no forgiveness of sins without the shedding of blood. So Jesus had to die in your place so that you wouldn't have to have that death sentence on yourself. And he did it all through his shed blood. Let's partake. What a beautiful way to prepare for 2024. God has already taken care of everything for you. Just step into it. <laughs> and um, as we end the year, if you can find it in your heart by the Holy Spirit to continue to give some tithes and offerings to us, we would really appreciate that. That's how we're able to meet. That's how we're able to pay our bills and preach the gospel and keep that going in Jesus' name. So I just thank you for your support and all your prayers, and God bless you in 2024. Thank you. Well, <clears throat> the beauty of this new year <clears throat> is that it begins, <clears throat> before we even sing Happy New Year, with us sending out a servant of the Lord. Joelle, come on up here. Joelle, Dennis, come on up here. Joelle Haggard, our darling Joelle, has grown up in the this house. Come over here, honey, on the other side. And... Uh, Come on up, David. Come on up, Gretchen. Come on up. And Joel is is going to Florida, and she's going to go to school, and she's not leaving. We're sending her. I said there's a big difference between you getting up and going somewhere and us as a congregation sending you out. Tell us about where you're going, honey, in your program. Uh, I'm going out to Gainesville, Florida to learn about um, like taking care of animals in zoos. So I'll be working on campus at the zoo that they have um, while learning about uh, the technical aspects of taking care and training all the animals for their own well-being. And you couldn't have a more perfect servant tending those little sweethearts. Gretchen, come over here. Let's extend. Come on up, Mike. You come up and pray too. We want to extend our hearts and our hands to Joel right now, everybody. And we want the anointing of the Holy Spirit and the sanctity of this presence in this moment to go with her. Gretchen, lead us. We thank you, Lord, for this beautiful soul that we've got to well, I got to see her, you know, when she was a baby, so I'm feeling very old right now. But um, we, we thank you, Lord, that we got to watch her grow and strengthen in you and become a leader that we are sending out to Florida on your behalf. You are going with her along with every one of us. And we pray, God, your strength and your... Uh, peace be upon her as she goes out to minister and to live her dream. She has always dreamed of this job, and this is her, her moment. God is giving her, her the, the desire of her heart, and it's, it's a beautiful thing, and we've just been able to watch her grow into this role and go forth. And now she's going to Florida, and I'm definitely going to miss her, Lord, but She's only a phone call away, and we know that she is your light in the state of Florida for us. And she, uh, she's just so loved by all of us. And we thank you, Lord, that you love her so much to give her the desire, her dream of doing zoology and all of the 
working with animals and, and, and just being able to do what she has always desired to do. And we thank you, Lord, and we send her out in your name. You will cover her. You will protect her. You will be with her and strengthen her. And you will, every step of the way, you will be with her. No, I mean, closer than, than anyone could ever be to her. She is going to be our leader in Florida. I'm just so proud of her. We are so proud of her. And you, Lord, I know is proud of her. And you are just waiting to just shine her light to the world from Florida. We thank you, Lord, and we send her out in your name. Amen. When the enemy comes against Joelle and puts fear in her heart about the unknown and about the future, I pray, Lord, that you would just grant her peace and anoint her, knowing and reassuring her that you, Lord Jesus, are her shepherd. You've already, you're going before her right now. You're, you're blazing the path for her. You're putting the right people in the right place. You're putting provision at the spot where she really is going to need it. And just remind her, Lord, that you are in control. Yes, it's a new path. It's a new day. It's a new calling, but you're there and you're before her preparing the way let her heart not be troubled and we trust you in all of this bless joelle lord bless the work of her hands and we know this all comes from you we thank you that this is such a great calling and we praise you thank you jesus thank you lord for all the preparation that joelle has gone through through this time uh, over these years to prepare her for this door that you opened keeping others shut that could have been going the wrong way or whatever but you were guiding her because you she's in the center of the palm of your hand and she's yielding to your spirit she's yielding to your your growth your maturity your healing and now she's able to go out and bring that light to others who don't know you and touch them in ways uh, that they need to be touched that only you would know just by her being herself so we just praise you and thank you for the the lighthouse that she'll be in the future uh, and uh, much fruit will come about through the work of her hands. In Jesus' name. And Lord, we pray for mom and dad, the empty nesters. We pray for strength. And uh, we thank you, God, that you're working in all of our lives right now, in all the Haggard family. Every, every area of this family is being blessed, filled, Maybe there seems like a subtraction for a season, but there's going to be a, a additions as well as subtractions. And there's going to be multiplications. And we thank you so much for your divine math in the Haggard home, Lord, that you bless these parents for all they've done and all they are and the support they've given. And their two children are marvelously, uh, uh, they're able to fly away and come home and they go away and they come back. And we give you praise for this family, Lord, in this house. What a, what a, what a pillar family in this home. And we bless them too, that they will be filled in new ways. That Joelle will not leave an absence, but she is a permanent blessing in this family and a beacon and a light and an honor to this home in Jesus' name. Can someone put their hands together and say amen? Yeah. Amen. We bless you, honey, and we send you out. That's right. We do. Oh, what a treat. What a treat. You're sent, honey. You, you haven't left anywhere. You didn't go. Pastors let you go. Mm-hmm. That's right. And when you come back, you're going to have to do animal sermons. Have a wonderful day. Have fun tonight. Sing, uh, the, bring the new year in with joy, with help, love with your loved ones. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord lift his countenance unto you and give you peace. Peace in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Happy New Year. Oh, hey, everybody. Uh, just a little informal. Everybody's kind of hanging out afterwards, but uh, I just told a story of uh, something 
that happened to me when I was a kid and my lack of judgment, which, you know, isn't noticeably better today. I just make different mistakes. I try to make new mistakes. Um, but it was relevant to the Bramble thing, so uh, you guys get this uh, as a special feature if, you're, uh, if you weren't watching live today. Uh, so I, when, this when, when I was a little kid, uh, my, me, my brother and I, who was also my partner in crime, uh, we had a barbecue at the house, big old barbecue pit, cinder blocks, and uh, parents had gone inside and left us with the coals. They, they probably figured, hey, it's just burned down to the coals. It, it's going to be fine, right? But it's my brother and I. So uh, we decided we wanted to sit around you know, a little campfire. So we looked around, hey, what, what around here will burn? What can we make the fire out of? And there were brambles, a bunch of tumbleweeds. We had a, it was summer, uh, so we had a bunch of tumbleweeds in the yard. So we tossed a tumbleweed on there. Nothing happened. So we tossed another tumbleweed on there. Nothing happened. So we just kept stacking tumbleweeds. We figured, you know, if, if one isn't working, more would be better, right? Uh, this is how our brains work. And we had that sucker stacked up uh, beyond the height of our heads. Uh, and then we found out that brambles do, in fact, burn really well because they all caught fire at once. And there was this huge column of fire. It went up higher than, you know, where our roof came down. And, uh, and now we had this giant burning column of tumbleweeds that, of course, was no longer structurally sound. So they fell apart and there were burning tumbleweeds everywhere. We fell back, uh, freaking out. And, of course, that's when my mom came out. We were in so much trouble. But uh, it smelled good and burning brambles everywhere. They burnt great. Um, and they all went up at once. So uh, take that analogy and, and add it to uh, what you just learned and... And uh, hopefully that'll be useful to you and you can learn from my mistakes. Don't make giant stacks of tumbleweeds even on somewhat dormant coals. We hope today's message has been a blessing to you. And if it has, please visit our website at drcraigjohnson.org. There you can find additional messages of encouragement. And if our ministry has been a blessing to you, please consider us in your ministry giving, as we depend solely on the financial assistance of our listeners like yourself. Also, please feel free to send any personal prayer requests. You can find us online at drcraigjohnson.org. God bless you.